Welcome to Black Fashion History, the podcast where we chronicle the contributions of black people all around the world to luxury fashion. And of course, I'm your host, Tanika Russ. We are finally on Stitcher, guys, so I want to give an extra special welcome to anyone who's listening on Stitcher. So now you can officially find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now Stitcher. So make sure to share with a friend. Let them know about all of the good stuff that we are learning here together. Um, Let them know that this is a popping podcast and they need to listen before, you know, they're behind on the wave. See, I'm the type of person that loves to discover things. I hate being late to the party. So if you have friends like me, I'm pretty sure they are going to hate you if you don't share this podcast with them. You got to give them the opportunity to be the first ones on, okay? So if you're on Google, Apple, Spotify, and now Stitcher, make sure to share so your friends can be the innovators that they truly are. I promise you they will love you forever and it's a win-win for everybody. (laughs) I'm done with my shameless plug now. Let's get into the spotlight. As y'all know, the spotlight is where I shout out a person or organization that's really doing the work of highlighting or creating a platform for black people in the fashion industry. It's positively contributing to black fashion culture, and it's really helping us all to elevate. So this week's spotlight goes to LC Apparel Consulting, which is a consulting firm located in New York for those that want to launch a clothing line. So if you've ever dreamed of being a designer, this is the place for you to go. They work with you on concept and line development, tech pack development, fabric and trim sourcing, pattern making, sample making, grading and marking, pricing strategy, quality control, tagging, shipping, bagging, basically everything you need to start a clothing line. And if you heard any of those words and thought, what does that stuff mean? What? How do I get that? They help you with that as well because they offer classes and tours around the Garmin District in New York. They're really putting in the work to help black designers understand the fashion business and to launch their labels. So shout out to you, Elsie Apparel Consulting, for creating a platform for black designers, putting more of them out there, and positively contributing to black fashion culture. Make sure to follow them over at Elsie underscore Apparel Consulting on Instagram. So we're only in episode five, which means the show is still kind of new and I still have time to add stuff. (laughs) So this week and from here on out, I'm going to be sprinkling in another new segment or it's less of a segment, more of a piece that I'm calling black fashion vocab. So tell me if y'all like that or if you don't give me some better ideas. But the purpose is to learn a fashion vocabulary term to help us understand the episode better and to have a new word that we can put in our back pocket because who doesn't like using new words? Now you have something you can sprinkle on your conversation at the office or with your friends to make you sound nice and bougie and all fashionista-like because now you know a new fashion word. And today's word is milliner. A milliner is a person who makes or sells women's hat. And that's going to be very handy for today because we're going to be talking about, surprise, surprise, 
a milliner. So I know you guys have either seen or heard about the movie Gone with the Wind. I just found out as I was researching things for this episode that it's the highest grossing film of all time in the U.S. and Canada. So I'm going to need all of us to go back out and watch Black Panther at least 50 more times so we can have something break that record. Uh, But I digress. (laughs) It's one of those movies that everyone talks about. I've never seen it myself, but I've heard people repeatedly refer to Scarlett O'Hara and talk about the movie and its fashions and all of this greatness and for a long time the fashions in the movie were attributed to an all-white cast or crew and wardrobe team well not today (laughs) today we are going to give the black female milliner who created the looks for this movie her credit Mildred Blount but first a quick word from our sponsor so you want to start a podcast right I know it can seem really daunting and complicated to have to think through how to record it or how to edit it and even how to upload it. But don't worry about any of that. I'm about to give you the only tool you need to create an A1 top of the line podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Now all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, to get started today. Now let's get back into our content. Mildred Blount was born in North Carolina in 1907, but was orphaned as a child when both of her parents died and she moved in with her family members. She always dreamed of becoming an interpretive and ballet dancer as well as a costume designer. Pursuing all these goals, Mildred attended Hunter College and Cooper Union in New York City. Now there's some discrepancy about whether or not she completed school or she had to drop out due to an illness. However, after both Hunter College and Cooper Union, she went into business with her sister who designed dresses. In the process of running a business with her sister, Blount realized that designing dresses just was not her thing. She was overwhelmed by the process of coming up with new designs season after season and working with client demands. She realized that she really enjoyed making hats. In 1924, at the age of 17, she designed the headwear for, and I'm gonna need y'all to follow this train, the bridesmaids of Madam C.J. Walker's granddaughter's wedding. I thought that was so dope. That's like black excellence on black excellence on black excellence. Like how much better does it get? In addition to millinery, history was also an interest of Blount. She sound kind of like your girl. I'm just saying. She enjoyed researching various styles of hats from past centuries to inspire her modern day pieces. In 1939, she was a recipient of the Julius Rosenwald Fellowship, which gave her the opportunity to design 87 miniature hats, which represented styles from 1680 to 1937 at the New York World's Fair. These mini hats combined her love for history and fashion. Her hat, 
in the collection and the ones that she made at shops as a milliner were always inspired by different eras and created to be the centerpiece of the look. For example, the headpieces that she created for the wedding of Madam C.J. Walker's granddaughter were said to be diapered headdresses inspired by newly discovered Egyptian examples from King Tut's tomb at the time of the creation. After her exhibit at the New York World's Fair, her career took off. For most of the 20th century, the name that people most associated with women's hats and high-end millinery was John Fredericks. John Fredericks was a New York-based millinery company or milliner company. Mildred Blount had been making hats since she was a child and she honed her skills during her time in New York by working at various shops. So she went to John Fredericks and applied for a position and she got it. She was the only person of color to work at the New York-based milliner. An article on her in Ebony Magazine in 1946 read... It took courage for her to ring the bell at John Fredericks in answer to their ad for a learner, for this was the royalty of America's hatters. They were taken aback. No Negro had ever applied before. Yes, she assured them she had talent. All she asked for was a chance. And P.S. She got the job. Now the John Fredericks company was already on the docket as costumers to create the hats for the film Gone with the Wind. However, there's a story that Irene Selznick, the wife of the producer of Gone with the Wind, saw Blount's hats and fell in love and specifically recommended her to work on the film. The same article in Ebony Magazine goes on to say, her exhibit of hat miniatures at the New York World's Fair attracted the attention of Mrs. David Selznick and ultimately landed John Fredericks the pot of gold assignment of a day. Milliners to the tremendous cast of Gone with the Wind. Mildred did most of the work, although the credit line went to her employers. So Mildred Blount was the master behind all of the wonderful hats for Scarlett O'Hara and the cast of Gone with the Wind. Now, the funny thing about this story is that working as a milliner to the cast of Gone with the Wind is what gave Mildred Blount the opportunity to be the first black person to design hats for movie actors and the first black person to be admitted to the Motion Pictures Costumers Union. That is a Hollywood documented union. However, in the credits of Gone with the Wind, Mildred Blount was never credited for her work as a milliner for the movie. So now in order to be admitted into these unions, you had to have worked on a movie. So it seems to me that everyone knew very well that Mildred Blount was responsible for creating these hats, even though they tried to give credit or not try to, but they did originally give credit to John Frederick's company as well as, or specifically John, the head milliner of the company. So it's very apparent that people knew that this was her work. So why she wasn't credited? I, well, we know why she wasn't credited. It's because she was a black woman. But it's very apparent that this was her work. Otherwise, she would not have been admitted into the Motion Pictures Costumers Union. And we wouldn't be talking about her today 
as the creator of these works. This is kind of like in Hidden Figures when Taraji P. Henson's character, and I'm so upset that I don't remember that lady's real name because I think it's important to say her name, but I just don't got it right now. But when Taraji P. Henson's character was doing all of the math problems and that white man was signing his name to it, and so she essentially went down in history or those things essentially went down in history as being his work. We have the same thing going here. Mildred Blanc created these gorgeous hats that were steep and inspired by history. That's part of the reason why she was chosen to create this work is because she was one, great at it, but two, her historical references were so on point like she had a way of mixing history with the modern and making it look beautiful but also being enough of a nod that you understood where it came from. Mildred Blount left John Fredericks Incorporated and founded her own label in Beverly Hills, California by the mid-1940s. Her label was called Mildred Blount. She also designed for Hollywood actresses as well as private clients including Singers and actresses like Marian Anderson, Mary Pickford, Ginger Rogers, Rosalind Russell, Judy Garland, and for the movie Easter Parade. Another one of her famous designs is Gloria Vanderbilt's Bridal Veil. Uh, she also designed the veils and the headwear for Gloria Vanderbilt's mother and attendance for her first marriage in 1941. When I tell y'all this veil and headpiece combination is so gorgeous it's like the perfect amount of extra it's really long and it was just so beautiful and when I saw the picture I was like Ugh, I got to have it I gotta have something like that so I'm going to have a Mildred Blount inspired veil plus a Zelda Wynn Valdez inspired dress and it's just going to be vintage black excellence and extraness all rolled up in one. It is so gorgeous. I just had to say that. I wish I could describe it better but if you follow us on Instagram at Black Fashion History, I'm going to post it this week. So keep an eye out if you want to see Gloria Vanderbilt's bridal veil that Mildred Blount made, as well as some of her other hat looks. In 1942, one of her hats were also featured on the cover of Ladies Home Journal. Now, as a black milliner and costumer in Hollywood, Mildred Blount was very familiar with the hurdles that black women face, and she fought for herself and for her people. She refused to enter through the back door of white-only establishments when working on set and with her clients. She said, and this is not a quote, but it was basically her attitude, like, if y'all want me to work on this set, y'all want my work, y'all want my name, y'all want my creativity, Y'all gonna treat me like everybody else. I'm not walking through anybody's colored entrance. I deserve to be here. I will be here and you will respect me or I can walk out this door and take my creative mind with me. And sometimes you just have to be like that. People want what you have to offer. They want your creativity. They want your talent, but they don't want you and they want to treat you like crap and it doesn't go that way. I, you have to stand up for yourself and standing up for yourself in turn stands up for everybody else behind you because they know they can't treat you or anybody else any kind of way because you set that precedent. So shout out to Mildred Blanc for fighting for herself and ultimately fighting for her people. She also advocated for black professionals to be included in Hollywood unions, which typically restricted memberships to white artisans. 
She was the first black member of the Motion Pictures Customers Union, but she fought so that she's not the last. And I love this mentality. Like We don't always have to have a crabs in a barrel situation. You know, it's not enough to just be the first and the only and sit there. That's not enough for diversity and inclusion. That's not enough for helping each other out and watch and building each other up. Like, it's not okay to just be the only. We should aspire to be one of many. We should look out and want to see a seat of ourselves. And so I really respect um, Mildred Blount for her work in doing that. She's the reason why Ruth Carter finally won her Oscar and be in these unions because she stood up and she fought for black professionals to be admitted and to be recognized and honored and respected for the amazing work that they were doing. Fashion historian Michael Henry Adams had this to say about Blonde. Admired as much for her perseverance and kindness as for her outstanding craftsmanship, Mildred Blount was that exceptional being capable of surmounting the handicap of race and color. Equipped through knowledge derived from continual study, she consistently turned out the most artistic creations obtainable from anyone irrespective of gender, irrespective of race. Mildred Blanc continued her work until her death in 1974, but of course her legacy lives on. Her hats can be found in the collections of the Los Angeles County Museum of Art and the California African American Museum. And of course you can pop in Gone with the Wind and see her beautiful works there. And that is a wrap, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed researching and sharing it with you all. Thanks again for listening to Black Fashion History Podcast. If you'd like to know my sources or some further reading, make sure to hit up the description in Apple Podcasts. I list everything there for your ease. Also, make sure to follow us at Instagram at Black Fashion History Podcast. That's where I post photos of the designer. This week is Mildred Blount, as well as their amazing designs. You'll be able to check out the headpiece from Madam CJ Walker's granddaughter's wedding, as well as Gloria Vanderbilt's veil that Mildred Blount created. And you can ooh and ah and drool over that as I have. Uh, and if you love this episode, do me a quick favor and subscribe or follow, depending on what platform you are on. If you're on Apple, rate us five stars, leave a review. And of course, the most important thing, join me again next week for another Black Fashion History installment. Bye-bye.
Of course, make sure to give the podcast a follow on Instagram at Black Fashion History Podcast. I will be posting photos of Scott Berry this week as well as some of those jersey dresses and sexy gowns that we talked about during this episode. And as always, if you love this episode, please do your girl a quick favor and subscribe or follow, rate us five stars, and leave a review. And of course, join me again next week for another Black Fashion History installment. Bye-bye.